Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. On today's bonus episode, Becca Campbell, sleep consultant and CEO of Little Z's Sleep, brings her personal experience and education to the table to answer the question of parents everywhere. How can I establish a bedtime routine for my child? and actually stick with it. Becca answers questions such as, how do we minimize battles? How do we stick with it? Helpful do's and don'ts and more. This conversation was personally quite helpful to me and I wish I would have spoken with her when I first started having children. That said, I still found massive benefit with her suggestions that I could even apply to my own routine. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. And last I checked, I think we were at, gosh, I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm going to go check. All right, I'm back. We are at 610 reviews, which is extremely exciting. I said I wanted my new goal to be 620. Let's make the new goal 620, then 650, then 700, then 1,000. Share the Minimalist Moms podcast with anyone that could benefit from it, which is likely most people in your life. Not just the Minimalist Moms, but minimalism in general, intentional living in general, simple living in general. There's just so much freedom found in all of these things, and I think that a lot of moms could benefit from this message. All right, I hope that wasn't too self-indulgent, so let's just get to this conversation with Becca Campbell. Becca, thank you for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is such a great topic, and I am excited to dive into bedtime routines, but more specifically, how do we stick to the bedtime routine? So before we get there, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, so uh, my name is Becca Campbell. I am the founder of Little Z's Sleep Consulting, and we help parents get easy access to making sleep a thing. So we provide online courses for children ages zero to five years old. um, And we are all about giving simple, clear steps from sleep deprivation to sleeping through the night and making sleep a thing. That is what we're all about. 
I have two little girls. They are five and six years old. I always have to like pause and be like, how old are they now? <laughs> um, they are five and six years old. And so this is, that's how I even got into this was I had no idea, like probably most everybody listening, I had no idea what to do when the first kid comes around. You have all these like preconceived ideas of what you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we even did like an Instagram poll yesterday. Like what's something you said you would never do before you had kids. And I said, I would never be that parent that was like living and breathing by like, oh, I've got to go home. It's time for bed. Like, oh Mm -hmm. no, my kid's going to be on my schedule. And Mm -hmm. that's like the dumbest thing I could have ever said, because look at what I do now. I teach and (laughs) preach schedules. (laughs) That's so so funny. My first daughter was just a horrible, like had a horrible newborn experience. She was just crying all the time and um, breastfeeding wasn't working. Sleeping wasn't working. But like, I had no idea that newborns had to sleep often and Mm -hmm. a lot. I just thought God gave me a really alert baby. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, my baby's just awake all the time. I guess this is what it is. But it's like, no, mm-hmm. Becca, you sweet thing. You had no idea that the baby was supposed to go to sleep every 45 minutes. And it doesn't matter how, you just need mm-hmm. to help them go to sleep. So it just led me on this path of just, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. And then one morning I woke up and Ellie, uh, my oldest, she was not quite four months old. And I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, where's the baby? And this was kind of a, a, a scarily normal thing to happen mm-hmm. as I'd wake up and be like, oh my gosh, where is she? Oh, okay. My husband's got her good. Mm-hmm. And I woke up one morning and she was under my duvet cover. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. So I like rushed over to my computer and was like, how do you get a baby to sleep? And that's when I found, oh my gosh, there's people who help you. There's sleep consultants, these amazing Mm -hmm. angels who can like actually work with you. And that just got me started on the path of getting help because I couldn't help myself. I was so tired. I, I couldn't keep myself accountable. And this just led me on the path of finding sleep consultants, working with them, becoming one, um, and loving what we do now. I can really relate to your experience and waking up a few nights and thinking, oh my gosh, where are they? And where did I put them? And it it was because I was at such a detriment, which again, I wouldn't say at the time was necessarily because of them. I think for me, it was more of an attachment to being with them, but that's a story for another time. I wanted to find here though, before we start, what is a bedtime routine? And I was talking to my friend about this the other day. So my bedroom my bedtime routine is 15 to 20 minutes, but my friend said hers is an hour. So I was thinking maybe we don't define bedtime routine as the same thing. Maybe I'm not including the same things as she is. I don't do bath time necessarily in my bedroom bedtime routine. So let's define this. What do you mean when you talk about a bedtime routine and what are the benefits of starting one? Yeah. So bedtime routine is one of those things that everyone on the planet does it. You just don't even say well, it's time for my bedtime routine now. Like you just do what you do. So a bedtime routine in the aspect of kids is all those little steps that lead from, hey, okay, we're winding down our night. That's for one, also another important thing to look at here. We're winding down our night. We're heading to bed. So for babies, one of the biggest things we we look at with the bedtime routine, obviously they, uh, they cannot understand everything we're saying and we're doing. They can't communicate back to us. But when you're doing these repetitive steps, night after night after night, that sends a very clear message. And it builds those habits of, okay, I know, I know that when I hit bath and I hit the PJs and I hit the breast or the bottle and I do the book, then I'm going to bed. Like all of these steps, it's an equation. All of these steps equal sleep. And so that's one of the biggest um, things that I find with the family who has um, is struggling with their kid is waking up all throughout the night. And I say, okay, what's your bedtime routine? They're like, what? (laughs) I don't know. I bounce them around until they fall asleep, right? Because you're tired. And so a bedtime routine are all the small steps that we do. And they're different per family or per person, but they're all the small steps that we do 
help our bodies wind down to get ready to get clean, to get, um, if the baby to get filled up, to be ready to get into their bed and to fall asleep. And whether you're a, a an adult or a newborn, we're all doing these same steps and in, in just different ways throughout our life. But it's that systematic repetition that's building the habit of, okay, now we're going to bed and now we're going to bed. And it builds and builds and builds. And we know that for, for children who thrive off of routines, this is the biggest way that you can make change um, to help your child understand how to sleep. It all starts with the bedtime routine. In fact, anyone who ever says that they have sleep problems with their kid, the first question should be, tell me about your bedtime routine. Because if they say, I don't have one, well, then there's our first place to start. Yeah, this all makes a lot of sense. And I can even see the benefit to me as an adult when I don't follow through with some type of bedtime routine. A lot of times I'll, I'll just end up being overstimulated and you don't feel tired even though you are tired. So I can definitely see the benefit for our children who are developing that this is so critical and important. Yes. And our kids, you know, we all have those stories when like maybe you're traveling or mm. you had a babysitter or something happened, like it's life happens and mm-hmm. you're not, you, you skip a step or you don't do the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then, um, your kid gets in bed. And they're like, wait a minute, like I'm not ready to go to sleep or it takes longer for them to fall asleep. Or yeah, for like us personally, if I don't, if I don't have my same bedtime routine at night, which for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to brush my teeth, wash my face, get my pajamas mm-hmm. on, get in bed, maybe talk to my husband for a few minutes. If I don't, if I don't wash my face, like I can't go to bed. It's just like, ah, no, I have to do that. We know this for ourselves as adults. And sometimes I think for kids, we're like, well, just go to bed. Like, no, 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 no. It's all these small, like pre-steps that really matter. And it's nothing complicated. I mean, like you said, some people's bedtime routines, it is an hour and a half sometimes, but I would Mm -hmm. always come back and then ask that family. Okay. But when you're saying that, does that, like you said, does that include bath? But my other question is, does that include how long it takes you to get the child to sleep? Because mm-hmm. that's not bedtime routine. Bedtime routine is the steps when the child is awake. Mm-hmm. But the end of it should be, okay, now we get into our beds and then the child falls asleep. That That's the the end of bedtime is you saying good night. Parents say, oh, our bedtime routine is like an hour and a half to two hours. And when I ask them to tell me about it, it includes bouncing on a yoga ball, rocking for an hour or patting mm-hmm. the child while they're sitting or laying with the child. That, that's what they're including in bedtime routine. That's mm-hmm. not bedtime routine. That's the mm-hmm. act of going to sleep. So the question is, where do we start? Because this is a curious time of day. It's like, for a lot of us, we may have an attachment to our kids and we don't want to say goodnight, even though we do want to say goodnight. There's a lot of emotions that can be running high for both the child and the parent. So yeah, where is a good place to start here? First, I want to say, like, take the pressure off of yourself that has to be perfect Mm -hmm. because I want it to be a fun and connecting bedtime. That's what it should be. A bedtime routine should be fun and it should be connecting. So a bedtime routine for a baby and a toddler is actually very different. There's just one step that will kind of interchange. So the bedtime routine that I teach across the board from newborn all the way up to preschool, first step is bath. Or, hey, if you don't have time for a bath or the baby has eczema and you just want to like avoid the bath every time, that's fine. But let's just take a wet washcloth and wipe down their face or pat their hands and feet. It's just the sensation of water. And I love bath first because it's so different from the rest of the day. Nothing else during your day looks like bath time. So as soon as you hit that bath, especially if you're doing it after solids when they're like a hot mess and you just got to get them cleaned up, great. Right after solids, let's go take a bath. So bath is the first step. Um, This is a fun time. Like this 
is not the time that we are trying to like get them to calm down and relax and light candles. Like that's for you later, not for your kid. So it's fun. Like splash around and enjoy that after bath. What I teach. And I love this. This is kind of, I veer off from a lot of other people. I love to get the baby out of the bathtub, wrap them in a towel, slip a diaper on them, sit down and feed them. So this is huge because there's nothing better than a clean, naked baby. First of all, like everybody loves a clean, naked baby and enjoy them, have that skin to skin contact, but keep Mm -hmm. them engaged while you feed them next. So a lot of times I hear parents say like, oh, after the bath, my kid is just screaming. They just want to eat. And I'm trying to put their jammies on. I'm trying to do all these things. That was my oldest daughter too. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is just switch. You don't, no one says you have to do PJs and then do the feed. In fact, I say, pull them out of the bath, wrap them in a towel and feed them. That's what they're (laughs) waiting for. So Mm -hmm. I love to do the feed, but this is where it changes. So for a baby where we have to have a feed in our bedtime routine. After 12 months old, that feed slot, we're going to take that away. And now it's Mm -hmm. playtime. And I want you to invite fun and energy and connection in your bedtime routine. So if you're a baby under 12 months, you're having a feed. If you're 12 months and up, I want you to have some fun one-on-one playtime. I'm just talking for five or 10 minutes. This is not like a 30 minute, like let's go to the playroom and get all the toys out. This is just some fun. And I, if you have um, a partner who hasn't spent a lot of time with the child, the toddler that day, this can be their time to just build a tower and knock it down or jump around the room or have a dance party. Like, I don't care what it is, but it's energy out, which is our big thing, but it's just connection. And so that's a really fun way to invite some one-on-one together time in your bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. especially once you've graduated from the baby phase and you're no longer doing um, a bottle or maybe a nursing session in the bedtime routine. So after your feed or your playtime, this is when we're going to go ahead and yes, it's time to wind down a little bit. So we're going to um, get a book, sit down together, read a book together, and then we're going to get into our beds and go to sleep. Um, for the baby, obviously in there, you're going to put the PJs on and then read a book. Uh, Cause we skipped that part, but the biggest thing that I love about this and I hear from parents, we're, we're sometimes looking for opportunities to, to have a bedtime routine, but then because so often the bedtime routine, the last part is getting the baby to sleep. We don't think about it, but we're like, wait, where'd the book? Like, wh- what am I supposed to read a book to my kid? And I've had many families over the years tell me that, like, I had no idea when I was supposed to read to my kid. Cause I was just always feeding them and then they'd fall asleep on the feed, right? That's where we want to insert that is the last step. Like, okay, after your playtime with your toddler, or if it's a baby after the feed and after their PJs, we're going to sit together and we're going to read one book or most two books for toddlers. And then we're done. And then it's Mm -hmm. into bed. So Mm -hmm. really from start to finish, we're looking at like a 30 to 45 minute bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. Then they're getting in bed and they're ready to fall asleep. And those steps from bath, feed, PJs, book into bed for a baby Mm -hmm. or bath, PJs, playtime, book into bed for a toddler. Those are the same things every single time. And it's predictable and they Mm -hmm. know what to do. And it really eliminates a lot of that stalling, right? That can happen with those older kids. And I'm like, well, I want to do this. No, this is what we do every single night. Well, no, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because my next question for you was how do we minimize battles? Because I know that not every kid is going to go willingly. Yeah. So bedtime battles are huge. And part of it is 
a bedtime routine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, that's the first step, right? It's like, yeah. if you are having battles, then there probably is not a set rhythm of what to expect. And so mm-hmm. one of the free things, and, and we can plug this in um, if people want the link, but we have a um, two things. We have a free bedtime chart. So I go through the entire chart, for this bedtime routine that you can check it off with your child because mm-hmm. the battles start for toddlers and preschoolers. That's where they are. They, mm-hmm. they want one more of this. They want one more of that. But really what that child wants, they want they want your attention, first of all, but they also yeah. want to know what to expect. And so when you have a routine chart of this is what we do, I need you to check this off or put a sticker here, like let's do this next and have that one-on-one, that play time that always blows people away when I ask them like, yeah, I don't want you to turn the lights down low and like everybody get quiet. It's time for bed now. Mm-hmm. Actually have a, have a wrestling match with dad, like jump up and down and listen to music because Mm -hmm. they're trying to stall you and get your attention. Let's just do them a gift and a favor and give them the attention like within the bedtime routine. So, Mm -hmm. so often once we give them that step of like, yeah, we're actually allowed to play. You're actually allowed to get loud right now. It's so helpful. So that's um, another way we can help with this. We've got our bedtime routine chart. We want to invite the playtime. And the other thing too, that I love for older kids is to um, implement a clock. So you've probably heard a lot about like toddler clocks or the hatch mm-hmm. clock or the okay to wait clock. Clocks are a great tool that mm-hmm. really start at about two years and up because that's when the child really knows their voice and they know how to like stall and how to, you know, get away with things. Yeah. And so what, what I like to do is implement a clock to be used for like, okay, when the clock is red, it's time for bed. And you have to be firm with that. So you can't just like you know, let it be loosey goosey all day, not have a bedtime routine and be like, Oh, look, the clock is red. I guess we're supposed Mm -hmm. to get in bed. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to have these routines. We're going to get into bed. The clock is red. It's time for bed. That's a little rhyme we can do with them. And we want them to know, like, this is what we expect every single night. And you cannot, you cannot expect that on the first night, they're going to be like, okay, great. It's going to take a repetition night after night after night and doing it with them, having your phone away, being connected during their bedtime routine. I know that's like, for me, that's the most tiring part of the whole day. Like for whatever reason, my body from Mm -hmm. six to seven is like, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to rally and get these five and six year olds to bed? But it really is that like dependency of being with them. It's 30, 45 minutes. We're here together. Clock Mm -hmm. is right. It's time for bed. Let's go. And it takes time. It's not an overnight success story, but building your bedtime routine consistently night to night with the same expectations, using a bedtime routine chart that they know what's next. They can anticipate what's coming. And then on top of that, knowing, okay, the clock is right. It's time for bed. All of these things lining up together with repetition and practice and a lot of encouragement and praise. Such a good story. We've all seen the images of family and friends relaxed and smiling as they're gathered around a table to enjoy a home-cooked meal, but what we don't see is an exhausted mom having just completed her nightly cooking decathlon. Deciding on a recipe, combining all the ingredients to a shopping list, rushing to the store to shop only to frequently forget the key ingredient, and all of this before the first pot hits the stove. This actually personally happened to me. I was at the grocery store. I needed a recipe for my half-baked harvest recipe book didn't have it written down, had to end up calling my cousin. She listed out everything over the phone. It just took me too much time when I could have just used the Quick Recipe Companion app. This is a mobile app that lets me quickly sort through my favorite cookbooks to find the recipes I want, and then I can instantly combine that ingredient list from all the recipes into one simple shopping list. 
I can plan meals and make shopping lists with just a tap. Start spending more time enjoying home-cooked meals with family and friends and less time preparing for them. Download the Quick Recipe Companion app today for free on the App Store or Google Play. It's one app, one shopping list, all you need to get a home-cooked meal on the table fast. Now that's a recipe worth sharing. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. So I still think there are people listening that their kids might give them a little bit more trouble at this time of day. So, how do we stick with it? And are there consequences for this type of behavior? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, I love this quote. Um, I think it's by Andy Stanley. He says, you cannot expect what you don't express. And like, that's something Mm -hmm. my husband, he said it about marriage, but it applies to everything. You can't expect what you don't express. And so if you're expecting your child to do this bedtime routine and you're just throwing them like, this is the bedtime routine chart. Come on, let's do this. It doesn't work like that. So before Mm -hmm. we even get to like, okay, well, what's the punishment if they don't do it? I want to actually walk through role-playing what they are supposed to do because kids are kids and they can't just, you can't just tell them what to do and then expect them to do it. We kind of have to like show them. And even Mm -hmm. myself, like I'm a visual person. I cannot read a recipe. I need to like watch the video of like, no, how do I mix these ingredients? So I would want you, if you're committed to like, okay, I think my kids are going to give me a little pushback. Like this is not going to be an easy path, which, Hey, making change never is easy, but we can do it together then the afternoon, maybe at like four, four 30, I want you to sit down with your kids and say, Hey, tonight, when we get ready for bed, we're going to try something new and we're going to do this together. And so Mm -hmm. I want to actually practice. This is going to sound kind of crazy. 
I want to practice going to bed right now, but don't worry. Like we're not actually going to bed, but I thought it'd be fun to like practice how we do this. And so get mm-hmm. out your routine chart and, and walk through and, and let them know like, okay, so what are some of the pictures you see on this chart? Okay. You see, you see a toothbrush. Okay. You see soap, you see all these things and walk them through. Okay. So we're going to do this. And then after we take a bath, then we're going to brush our teeth. And after we brush our teeth, we're going to get our PJs on. After we get our PJs on, we're going to go to our room and play. Okay. So we're going to, and then literally go through the motions. Um, and if your kid is not up for actually doing it physically, then get one of their stuffed animals and pretend role play that we're putting the stuffed animal to sleep. And this is something I tell our clients. This is such a powerful tool because children learn the most through play. So this is helpful for them to like practice and role play the, the actual bedtime routine. But this is not just a one-time like, okay, cool. I practiced it on Monday. Now I expect you for the next five days to do it perfectly and we'll go get donuts. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. You literally have to practice this every day for like weeks. Okay. Like mm-hmm. you just have to, if you're mm-hmm. trying to set the positive um, precedence of like, this is the routine. This is what we do. You have to practice it. It's just like, if you were working out, which is the analogy I give all the time. If you're mm-hmm. trying to work out, you're not going to work out one time and be like, I guess I'm set. Like you're going to have to do it all the time and keep practicing it keep showing up and keep doing it. So I want you to practice role play this bedtime routine often communicate it clearly in the same way. Don't change up the way that you do it. Keep it the same every single time because that's so powerful when you're actually in the routine. What's helpful for these kids who push back is using a timer. So there's a timer called the time timer. Um, I feel like a lot of people know it now, but it's a visual timer. And mm-hmm. when you turn it to like the number five or the number 10, this like red, uh, it looks like a, like a, um, the, the, a red, like slice of pie. I'm like doing it with my hands. No one can see that like a red, uh, piece of pie. Right. And so as the time gets smaller, the pie gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so it's great for kids who push back and don't want to do these things because you can almost make it a game. Like, okay, all right, you got five minutes. You know, we're going to, that's what my daughter's love that you got five minutes in the shower. I don't care if you wash your hair first or last, but you have five minutes. And so we can give them these time limits of things. They can practice these things. If they don't do it and they're not following through with these things, one of the best things that I like to implement is communicating with them, like what we're supposed to be expecting. The last part is probably the hardest one when they get into bed. Like most of the time you can kind of get and get your kid. They're like, okay, come on, we're going to do this. Okay, come on, we're going to do that. It's a lot of the praise that happens along the way, but the biggest consequences that we can implement here would be uh, probably parts of like, okay, we're in your bed. We're in your room. My daughter has like five stuffed animals. And so we use like the least, I say the least love stuffed animal. That sounds terrible. Um, but the stuffed animal, it's like the least likely to be upset about. We'll use that one as like, Hey, Hattie, I've told you twice now, I'm going to put bunny in the hallway. And when you can put your PJs on, Bunny will come back in your room. But if you cannot, you know, if you're not going to get your PJs on, then Bunny has to stay in the hallway tonight. And so we can use things like that. And it honestly depends on per the kid. I happen to know that for Hattie, stuffed animals are her love language. She's got to have all five in her bed. So we use things like that for her. But one of the biggest things that I really teach in our course is getting the praise throughout all of these things. Like we I think about, I, I'm saying working out again, but like when I'm on the Peloton, like I, I hate it and I love it when they're like, you can do this. Good job. You can do this. Good job. Right. Same thing for your kid. Like, Hey, they're in the shower. You're doing a great job. Love how you're washing your hair. Like that sounds really silly, but they love that kind of stuff. So if you're having problems with your kid following through doing the routine, mm-hmm. 
I would implement the like play with them, practice what their bedtime routine looks like. I would mm-hmm. implement uh, getting this routine systematically done all the time for weeks on end, keep doing it and fill them up with praise the entire mm-hmm. way. I guarantee you, if you tell your child that they're doing a good job in the shower, they're not going to be like, no, I'm not. I'm staying here long. <laughs> like they're going to say, yeah, thanks. Like mm-hmm. they're going to love it. And I think that's, that's one of the big things that we don't put in the bedtime routine is like, well, we just expect you get ready for bed. That's just what you do. But we mm-hmm. kind of forget the fact that like, yeah, but tell them they're doing a good job. Everybody likes hearing that. Yeah. I think that positive reinforcement goes a long way for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, I think the next step of this, it would honestly depend on everybody's different sleep philosophy and family, because mm-hmm. in our sleep philosophy and the courses that we have for zero to five years old, it's independent sleep. So a five-year-old, I would expect that they get into bed. We say mm-hmm. good night, we give them kisses. We walk out of the room. They put themselves to sleep within 15 minutes. That's not mm-hmm. always happening. Kids are getting mm-hmm. out of bed. Kids are walking out of the room. And that's a whole idealistic of, okay, it's time to sleep train. We're going to help you fall asleep, which obviously for a five-year-old doesn't mean you close the door and say, can't come out of your room. You have to help mm-hmm. them. So there, that would dive into the whole realm of sleep training and what that looks like per family, which I'm also very passionate about. But we really want the child to understand before we even get to that point, because that's sometimes where people jump to. They jump mm-hmm. to like, well, they got to stay in their bed. Yeah. But like, how did they get there? Did you do a bedtime routine with them? Were you present with them? Were you praising them for it? Like, did they know what to do? Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, filled with chaos when they get in the bed and they don't feel confident to stay in bed. So there's so much more to it than my kid won't stay in bed. What do I do? Yeah. And I'm curious, what, what do you see or what do you believe to be a proper bedtime? Because my kids are two, four and almost seven. So I want to put my two-year-old to bed a little bit earlier than his brother, but now that they sleep in the same room, he ends up staying up much later. So I'm just curious, do you have any advice in this area or what, what do you think is the proper bedtime? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, like you said, does depend on age. I don't like to put like a blanket rule, like APM mm-hmm. <laughs> lights mm-hmm. off and everybody down. Uh, because <laughs> there are a few families that like, that we work with that have daycare kids and mm-hmm. the, the three and four year old are still napping at daycare. So they have an eight 30 mm-hmm. bedtime because they really don't need a nap anymore, but they're never going to go to sleep at seven 30. Right. Yeah. So there are certain, yes, certain differences here. The ideal bed timing for a child can be anywhere between 6.30 and 8.30. But that's not okay. like, okay, tonight do 6.30 and tomorrow night do 8.30. Like you got to yeah. stick with the same time, but it would depend. So a child between uh, four months, really all the way up to about four, I'll say about three years old, we're mm-hmm. looking at 11 to 12 hours at nighttime. Now for a young, a young baby, like a four to six month old, probably going to have some night feedings in there, but we're mm-hmm. still looking at 11 to 12 hours all night long. Mm-hmm. For a three-year-old and up, uh, I'll say for like a three-year-old to maybe a seven-year-old, we're probably looking at like 10 to 12 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big difference, but some kids are still doing naps and some kids aren't. So the I would go through that average of like 11 hours. If you're listening to this and you've got a baby, a toddler, or a preschool, and they're not getting 11 hours of sleep, uh, which is really the minimum here, then mm-hmm. we need to make that happen. And one of the biggest mistakes really is pushing your bedtime too late because you think, well, my kid's just not tired because look, they have all this energy and they're running around and they seem so happy and everything's mm-hmm. fine. And it's summer. It's still light outside. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Like they have to go to bed and kids are not like adults. They, they don't, they don't really have the whole concept of time down. My almost mm-hmm. seven year old not understand the difference between 7 PM and 8 PM. It's just a hard concept, but 
it's up to us to set those expectations and to stick with it. So we're not just moving that marker around every night. You want to find that bedtime, that bedtime that works with your bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. The goal, the goal really is to be able to fall asleep independently within 10 to 15 minutes. This has been so great. And I know I'm looking at the clock. I know we're kind of running out of time here, but my last question for you is going to be, do you have any just massive do's or don'ts? Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, when it does come to like, what are the biggest do's and don'ts? I mean, do have a bedtime routine and don't change it up all the time. Um, mm. that that's probably the summary of what we just talked about. Um, if we go by, I'll go by ages here for newborns. Um, do use awake windows. Don't really go by sleepy cues. Um, mm. sometimes those can be totally false. So do have the expectation for your newborn that they are going to nap a lot and don't put a schedule on them. I I firmly do not believe in a newborn being on a schedule. They're much too young for that. They're not ready. Mm-hmm. For a baby, yes, do honor the schedule. So now we're flip-flopping because they're they're older now. They have more mature sleep cycles. They're growing. They're changing. A lot's going on. For a baby, yes, please do have a sleep schedule and don't think that this is going to keep you in sleep prison. The whole purpose of a sleep schedule is to give you the freedom that you have nap time, A, to depend on and to have that time for yourself and for your child and everybody has their time. But also it really does give you the freedom of being able to travel and the, oh yeah, my kid's going to sleep. You're not just waiting willy nilly for them to fall asleep at some random time. Like, you know, no, this is when they sleep. So we're going down for the nap. For toddlers, I would say, um, that's why does it like easy, easier for a toddler to say, don't (laughs) get positive. I would say for a toddler, don't expect too much from them. I think that's one big thing that we put is like, well, they're supposed to be doing this and they just, they should know, but like, no, you have to remember that they are still learning so much and you cannot expect them to just understand how to get in their bed and fall asleep all the time. Like you are going to have to role play bedtime routine and remind them often. Mm -hmm. And overall about sleep, I would say, don't, think that just because you sleep trained one time that it's a one and done process. That is not how it works. It's Mm -hmm. that if you said that about working out, this would, I would be a very happy person. If you just worked out one time and you never had to work out again, that'd be great, but that's not how it works. So you, your, your child is constantly changing. Their nap schedules are going to change. Their development is going to change. They're going to go through developmental regressions. They're going to need different things. And that is okay. And that is good. And that Mm -hmm. really is the heartbeat of what we do at little Z's is we want to help give the roadmap for people to understand that yes, you sleep train, but here's what happens next. Here's what happens after this. Here's how you can change their nap schedule. Here's what happens when they teeth. Here's what happens when you travel, like all the things that happen. We mm-hmm. want you to have confidence in that because this should not be sleep should never be a prison. It should be something that you feel so free because you know, it is a thing. That's exactly what we want parents to know. Well, Becca, this was just extremely helpful. It, it's even been helpful for me. And I mean, I've been parenting for almost seven years and I feel like this has given me some tips on how to navigate bedtime, especially when I'm feeling a little bit more emotional. I really like how you said to show them what the bedtime process looks like. Because I think sometimes when we get really silly and wound up that they can forget. So I really liked that tip. But where can listeners find you for more tips or find you online? Yeah. So, I mean, the hub is Little Z Sleep. So our website is littlezsleep.com. Instagram, Little Z Sleep. Um, Our YouTube and podcast is Little Z Sleep. Like everything is just that one handle. 
Wonderful. Well, again, Becca, thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes for listeners. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.